That was Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. This show has been pre-recorded out of necessity. I am now at the Hackney Empire doing what can only be described as stand-up comedy. I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of some switches. How are you? Very well, thank you. Why are you eating that curry for? Why are you eating yours? I've ate it. I ate it before the show began oh, in a way that I can cheap. only describe as professional. Mr G, the poet laureate of our show, and perhaps in many ways the nation, is here too. Later on, he will be doing a poetry. This is the bumper show of new items. There are going to be items in this show. Later on, we'll be doing a little item called Find G's Hat, where you must simply... <laughs> well, I don't know, you must hunt him down, I think, or something. We uh, don't know quite what happens. What? What's going on with uh, boots and made? The reason that's playing, Matt, as I'm sure you're fully well aware, is because I'm wearing such spectacular boots. Boots that in many ways have replaced Lady Diana in the hearts of this great nation as icons of truth, peace and beauty. These boots, I've done a few gigs in them, people like them. Really? I suppose they are comedy gigs, aren't they? How dare you undermine the boot in any way? Some people (laughs) have said I do look slightly like a pantomime character, but would a pantomime character have a skull and crossbones on the toe toe of his boots? Yes. Would it? I wonder if he was a pirate out of Peter Pan, maybe. I've seen, like, I think there was a review of that gig you did the other day and they mentioned he was wearing sort of embossed boots. Embossed? Well, you know, like... Well, they're embossed, these things. Embossed leather, aren't they? Yeah, they are, as a matter of fact. That's when I was doing something about the arms trade with Mark Thomas at the Amersmith Apollo. Um, like, it's, there's a bit where I was going, oh, you know, I'll pretend I'm thinking about the arms trade, but really all I'm thinking is, aren't these boots brilliant? Right? But I do, I do care. Don't sell arms! Why is there a little cartoon bone on the side of the boot? Yeah, it does look a bit embarrassing, the cartoon bone, because it's like a dog's bone. It's like something Snoopy's dropped down the side of his kennel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's a little bit, yeah, I know. But like, ultimately, Matt, the boots are, I think, sexy. Celebrity feedback on the boots isn't been good, though, has it? Courtney Love despises and detests the boots. And like that, has there been any other celebrity involvement? I don't know if Didn't there has been. David Walliams see them? Walliams seemed to be intimidated by them. I see him just like during a conversation that I was having with Walliams after last week's fantastic show in which we had Courtney Love and the wonderful Paul McKenna. <laughs> I got this wicked text message from Paul McKenna going, um, my mum listened to the radio show, she was a bit shocked and said that you undermined and demeaned me. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, Why, serious? Yeah, his mum was serious. out. You shouldn't have told everyone. Yeah, his mum, that, that's his mum, though. She won't be listening now. She, we've driven her away. No, no, you've undermined him again. Nah. By saying, oh, his mum told him. <laughs> I like that. It made but it worse. thought that Paul McKenna was being bullied by us. Perhaps we'll ring Paul McKenna later on in the show. It depends on whether or not we feel like it. Tell you what will be happening, though. Yeah, Matt, here's something like, Remember, we've got all our items. There's an item now. Russell's news, right? <laughs> Where I read the news. And I'll, to give it maximum impact, I'll do it just before the actual news, which will doubtless be laden with more undermining things. of serious things. Let's undermine the serious, mate. There's no reason why a serious things should be given any more prominence than stupid things, actually, if you think of it objectively. The parameters of reality are arbitrary. We can change them at will. Later on in the show, there will be Big Bird. Carol Spinney, who <laughs> also done the voice of Oscar the Grouch. 
why are you laughing at the very notion of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch appearing on our show? Just, you know, you've already proposed to do your own news programme. <laughs> you claim to want to interview Gordon Brown. Yep. Coming up on the Russell Brown show, we've got Big Bird. Yes, we have got Big Bird. We're going to be asking what he thinks about the situation in Burma. Big Bird, do you think that the junta are going to be deposed by this peaceful protest, or do you think that intervention on an international level will be required? Oh, it's just nothing Africa's. Polly Morgan, who claims to be a taxidermist, recommended by Courtney Love. We'll talk to her, because remember Courtney Love said she, she just started piping up about having a mouse or something, didn't she? Well, yeah, what's she saying? She said, I've got a mouse cool. in a bell jar. I'm not sure if I agree with it. She goes, oh, it's died dead anyway, but I thought that's what taxidermy is. You can't taxidermy a living animal. Well, what about your boots made out of cowhide? Don't be obscene, Matthew. These boots were delivered like <laughs> Billy's boots. They've come from heaven. <laughs> Their manner. Yeah, so that, that kind of thing's going to be happening, plus numerous items. Matthew, we better decide on a song. Yeah, all right, but don't let me down. The Beatles, should yeah? we play that? Yeah, okay. why not? It'll be a nice thing to listen to. But we'll tell you what, Matthew, we're off on a voyage, aren't we? You're going on holiday for a couple of weeks. I've got to go off to Tuscany, finish my bookie work in time for publication. G's up on all sorts of charges for various crimes. He's been committed for years now. No, he is. It's all quite yeah, he is. Right, so, uh, OK, well, first of all, let's listen to The Beatles, and then we'll come back. Really dedicated to Paul this. McKenna, who we let down. Paul McKenna, that we we have let you down. Don't let us down, <laughs> or we'll undermine you further. Don't let me down. That is by the Beatles. We dedicate it to Paul McKenna, who we let down by undermining in right down the ear holes of his mother, who birthed him right out. Now, if you want to know a bit about childbirth, ask me about it, Matt. You must be intrigued already, are you? Go on then. Right. I was talking to the lady that does my acupuncture. She told me before that she was a midwife. Apparently, the methods uh, for delivering children in the mid seventies were particularly violent uh, and uh, now considered unsafe. Like what, in the, our country. Yeah, like, not violent as in, get out, you little pig! <laughs> Do you know your heads. father's name? We were pulled out by our heads and that. I had an umbilical cord round my neck when I was born, swallowed all sorts of filth and mucus. Which really? Can, yeah, I did, as a matter of fact, yeah. What a dramatic way to turn up. And also... Starved like, of oxygen. Starved of oxygen. Some say the brain never recovers, so I've been very lucky to grow up untarnished and brilliant. Uh, right, so what you're meant to do when you're delivering a child is be all nice to it. She showed me photographs of children who were born under sort of methods that we had been inducted under, they look wrecks. They just turn up screeching wrecks. What, even in, like, the 70s? The mid-70s we is when it was worse, because up until then, now people weren't, didn't have that many techniques, then these new techniques emerged, just get them with by their heads and yank them out. Holding them up, so she showed me photos of babies being held by their ankles as if they was a fish. That's like, normal. They, they, they smack their bums You mustn't do that. That's you know, how babies are born. You fool. That don't happen anymore. What you're supposed to do is bring them out all nice. And, like, and then she showed, goes, look at how they're born, these ones that use this method. They'll what was she telling you gurgling about I think she probably thinks of me, Matt, in many ways as some... I don't know, actually, thinking about it, but it did make me want to have a baby. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see why, one So, then. hang on, why has she gone into sticking needles in people, then? Because uh, she used it. Uh, like a lot of people, Western people practising acupuncture were inspired by Richard Nixon's visit to China, where he... Excuse me, he himself saw it. I'm allowed to burp. That's part of life! That's mother nature! That's as natural as a breeze in the trees or a dandelion or sank! Right, a lot of people were inspired by, uh, like Richard Nixon. He visited China, he sees someone doing acupuncture. I think someone's having an operation without an anaesthetic. And like, everyone in the West went, bloody hell, this acupuncture's a right caper. She got into it then, started using it in midwifery, then realised. Midwifery. That it, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds, I don't like it being called midwifery because it smells like they're, sounds like they're sniffing away at the genitals. <laughs> 
snuffling. While they're delivering the baby. We're just snuffling around it. That's <laughs> <laughs> unprofessional. That put me off delivering the baby. I think God babies knows. have been delivered the same pretty much for, you know, I reckon a hundred years. No, there's been a lot of changes of late as well. And I, I think when my babies are born, I shall have... You could have them born under the stars, chuckling and gurgling, Matt. Imagine that, how natural and lovely it'd be. Yeah, it's all right for you, skipping around in your boots. <laughs> you wouldn't even be there, would you? I wouldn't have You'll thought You'll be so. texting your... I'll be with my new bird. <laughs> but then when I, <laughs> once they start knocking out babies, I don't feel, no, I don't feel I like that. That'd be depressing. I'll pop back, of course, see what it's turned out like. See, it ain't got its legs on back to front or nothing. But then, and I'll be off again into the yonder. Pop its little booties on it and then, whoosh. No, I'm not going to, listen, I'll be right there for my kids and anyone's kids, as a matter of fact. Anyone wants me to attend a birth, I'll go to it. Also, mammals, which is what we are, they do not, <laughs> do nodded like that's the most powerful patronising thing you'd ever heard. Uh, mammals <laughs> don't like having their babies in front of a load of people. She also told me the acupuncturist while plunging needles deep into sure my body. sure she's qualified? No, not she entirely. She's a no. rambling lunatic. <laughs> she does ramble. She does ramble, I'll tell you that. She's, yeah, she seemed excited about something, right? Do uh, you pay her by the hour? And she's just thinking, hello. Okay. Uh, and, and another thing is, <laughs> whales uh, don't breastfeed anymore. They Ooh. used to in the 70s, but they've grown against, uh, grown against it now. <laughs> yeah, just put another needle in there. And have you noticed that in Star Wars, no one ever goes to sleep? You're putting the needles in my dice. <laughs> hey, you're putting needles in the light switch. How's that helping me? Oh, you'll help. You'll be brighter in here in a minute. No, another thing. There's these monkeys called woolly monkeys. They're down in Dorset. They're not indigenous. They're in a zoo, right? And like, what happens is... When their babies are born, they all get all the men clear off outside, and all the women monkeys like help. Is it nice? There's lady woolly monkeys. Well, do me a lovely drawing of it with your crayons. Well, and... I, actually, Matthew, it's funny you should say that because I've already done several drawings and uh, I illustrate the whole process of the woolly monkey birthing from start to finish. And I'm sure you'll agree that I've captured the essence quite beautifully. Not have illustrations been so expertly rendered since the cartoon series The Watchmen in the 80s. Now then. Here's my new item, gays! Dear, <laughs> dear Russell and Matt, says Ryan, I'm 21 and I think I'm gay. Well, this is good for my new item. Gays! Because I'm having strong feelings for my best mate, Brendan. He doesn't listen to this show, so we can discuss this freely. He does actually say, digust this freely. Digust, perhaps that's a new gay slang, which I'm going to have to learn about for my new item. Gays! We've been mates since secondary school. It all started when he had a pool party at his house, and all the lads all jumped into the pool with Nouth on. It says Nouth there. When he, uh, oh, oh, I found myself to be very turned on by his body, etc. etc. Et what beyond the body was turning you on? His aura? No, his swimming moves or... Yeah. Oh, look at the way he swims, man. He's at one with the water. It's like an aquatic symphony to see him glide, like a dolphin. Dolphins, oh, let's not get into them. We've pretty much established We've covered perverts. We've, there's nothing we don't know about them, guys. I love him loads as a friend, this swimming lad, and would never want to lose his friendship. Brendan actually is Sig now. <laughs> this guy's sort of bad at spelling. Sig now? I think he means single. Oh, but okay. unless he means he's a signal of potent male sexuality. He is sick now at the moment, but he does like girls. I myself have a girlfriend, girlfriend now. Kelty, who is super gorgeous, but I'm scared that I'd rather spend time with Brendan than her. Please, please, please help me. What should I do? Is there a way I could find out if I'm truly gay before I act in it? Ryan. Do you think he's given all the real names? 
Yeah, I do actually, because he seems like a naive sort of a young gay lad. Um, uh, come on, we've let's use our brains to, to solve it on this item. Well, we've got to do. You've told me that you, well, we've said on the show before that you had crushes on men. Yeah. When? Who? Hawaii this year. Oh, what? Him? Is that man in. Oh, yeah, that was to do with swimming as well. It was the man who taught me surfing. It's something to do with men in pants. It's something to do with being in the ocean, deep in that ocean, all vulnerable. Let's play Richard Hawley, the ocean, on the show to celebrate male sexuality. I think, yeah. Well, I think that what Ryan should do, this is my view. Because I've never done any any bumming with men, and I'd like to suggest that Ryan does and just sees what. He, who cares if he likes it? Then he can report back. So just go for it, mate. I think you should get Ryan, mm. stand him in the front of your cowboy boots, <laughs> hop around for a bit, <laughs> see, see how you both feel. Mm. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that I'd more be interested in the Brendan, the swimming lad, because he sounds like he's got a certain something. If well, I'm... he should put on another pool party. Yeah. Invite the girls. Yeah. And then everyone jumps in. Yeah. Maybe naked again. Just see how everyone gets on. They were naked on. at this pool party. So he said everyone jumped in. Dirty little devils. Well, I'm much, uh, like, the thing is, if I'm confronted with a naked man and a naked woman, I think I'd want to go with the woman, wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, of course, but what mm. about that time me, you and G? Oh, yeah. Talked about before, all got naked. In a hot tub. In a hot tub. Oh, because was... G made us. G did make us, actually. Okay, well, on our new I'm Gay, we've decided that uh, you should definitely have gay sex with your mate Brendan, have we? No, I've decided to see how things go at another pool party. Have another pool party, see if you feel the same. Don't hurt your girlfriend, Kelsey. Imagine he comes out and says that to Brendan, he's totally misunderstood the situation. It could be right. awful. Yeah, that's true. He'll get back to his girlfriend, he'll lose his girlfriend, he'll lose Brendan. But if he's old Repress on, all your feelings until you're about 50. Bottle them down into a great big bunion that you keep in your bot-bot, which will finally explode in a glorious symphony sometime later in your life. I think act on it. I think act on it. Always act on anything you feel. Unless mm. it's like, I want to do a murder. Then just think about it for half hour and see if you still want to do the murder. Right, okay, that's my new item, gay. Act on it. Uh, this is an email entitled, General. I've, this is from Kitty. I've been listening to your show. I've been painting my way up the stairs. I think the paint has made the, me feel affected. I've enjoyed the show. Well, thank you very much. paint downstairs, surely. Why? Well, I suppose it depends on your sleep. bedtime. If yeah. you bed, paint yourself up the stairs, go straight directly to bed. Otherwise, you're downstairs, there's paint everywhere. You feel disorientated. I don't like it when the house smells of paint. I'd rather be somewhere else altogether. When was the last time you did decorating, painting when, and decorating? When I lived with a couple of lads called Mark and Andy in Bermondsey before I started earning money, we had to paint the old house. Mark and Andy were a couple of funny characters, I've got to tell you. They would they argued a lot, like married couple, and like once in an argument, like they were screeching at each other, very high-pitched, and Andy ran downstairs to get a knife, but he got the whole lot of knives that were all in, like, a, you know, if you keep knives and egg whisks and all different oh, utensils, yeah. like a thing that gropes spaghetti out of a... Bowl, yeah. Or he got the whole pot, so he was sort of threatening. He went, yeah, come on then, just with a whole tub of stuff. So he was threatening with a egg whisk, <laughs> a knife, a, like a ladle, all sorts of things. It just seemed like a really odd threat, you know, in the end. And that we had to do some painting there. And just everything seemed all brightly lit and like a headache. You know? I quite like it, because it's satisfying when you've done it. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, it's quite good, the bit, the noise of the roller going out the wall. You but... must be so lazy at it. I'm not, mate. I really commit to decorating really? for a while. I once decorated my drama school as a job over the summer holidays, yeah, but I made some bad decisions. What, because you'd been expelled? 
No, I'd yet to be expelled. I was just like, they goes, all right, you've got no money, you can have this job. Some right. of the students with no money, they gave jobs decorating the toilets, but we decorated them all orange. And it, like being in there all the time was like it was like a migraine. It was ghastly business, really, to tell you the truth. So it's I, good that you've got something to fall back on. Yeah, no, if this all goes wrong, you know, I shall use my boots to store painting. Right, let's really say we're going to listen to the small faces, are we? Yeah. I like the small faces, mostly because they were literally quite small, weren't they? They were all yeah. just deadly. Little lads. That's such a weird name for a band. The Small Faces. <laughs> it's not unusual. Like a, a small face. Yeah. What a peculiar way to go through life. Let's listen to The Small Faces. <laughs> that was The Small Faces, Sha La 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 Lee. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Matt Morgan's gone off to the lavvy. He'll come back in a minute, all disappointed that I just carried on without him. But that is life. I found a story here. It is about gay rights groups now focus on helping gay penguins. Like, ain't there enough gay people to help that you're going to start helping gay penguins? Listen to this. The Bremerhaven Zoo have noticed that three penguin couples turned out to be all male. In an attempt to encourage the penguins to reproduce, the zoo had flown in four female penguins. The plan was to introduce the female birds to the males, which would hopefully lead to the endangered species reproducing. But the zoo abandoned its plans after gay rights groups protested against the experiment. I don't think it should be regarded as an experiment. The zoo's director, Heike Kuek, said, Everyone can live here as they please. I like that, like that penguins are looked at as, hey, under the general umbrella, everyone. But I've got an important message for you as well, right? Penguins, what about when you're little penguins? Oh, can I have a blue one? Can I have a red one? Can I have a green one? But underneath, all the penguins are the same, man. And there's a little lesson for us there about racism. Trust no one. No one. They're all the same. Also, penguins bite the lid bit off, then scrape off the bit in the middle, then eat the other bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's all right. To, it's weird that gay rights group cares about gay penguins, isn't it? Like, sort of like. I feel more like my loyalty is to humanity beyond my sexuality. What gay creatures anywhere are being oppressed? Like, but they're, they're just penguins. They're not, I don't think that's the same as being a gay person, a gay penguin. They're not gonna. They're not gonna have the same culture, are they? They won't feel oppressed. They'll be unaware of their gayness, will they? Will they? Penguins? Could they ever truly care? Kewick said it was never their intention to separate couples by force, and even if it was their intention, it wouldn't be possible to make them interested in their new female companions. Gay groups had earlier protested against the, or the organised and forced harassment through female seductresses. We're talking about gay penguins, Matt, and have been for some time. Well, what, I can only sh what have you been doing in that lab? Well, I dropped my wallet and all my cards fell out of it. Well, how long does that take to sort out? How many Quite cards have you got? Who are cards. you, money bags, Richie Rich? How many <laughs> cards have you got in there? How long was I? You were ages. Listen, we've really moved on. Yeah? Like, yeah, we've talked about gay penguins, something you probably didn't even know existed, did you? Oh, yeah, I knew animals could be gay. Well, they can. Not in Brehemurnvern Zoo, mate, they can't. Otherwise, they'll fly in female penguins and try and force them at The gay show this week, then. It's gone a bit gay, yeah. So what? What if it has? What if my boots have slowly infiltrated <laughs> my mind and turned me gay? Don't matter, that's it. Nothing wrong with it. All good, clean fun. So, uh, that wasn't part of my new item, gay. That was part of uh, actually my item, gay animals, particularly aquatic birds. New item I'll be doing every week, gay items, particularly aquatic birds. Conkers! Right. 
This is Helen, says this Matthew. Remember, last week we probably discussed conkers briefly because I seem to remember. We did, yeah. yeah. Mine's a hundreder, mine's a cheese cutter. Well, listen to this. When we were eight years old, my friend Rebecca and I collected about a hundred conkers each for our future children. Just get them into a good school first, sitting around playing with conkers. I still have mine and they're celebrating their 20th birthday in October. They are as hard as stone and I've had the string holes put in them in 1988, so they are usable. No way. Yeah. Would you like me to send you a few? Yours, Helen. Well, hang on. They're, how did they're dried out? They've dried out. They're like hard as stone. Because I tried to do that once, and it just sort of all went mean? furry and rotten. Well, what did you do? Where did you keep them in, in your the garage? Thighs? In the garage. What else is in that garage? Oh, you know, what bits about? and pieces. How about when you moved out of home and had to go back because you'd forgotten and left a load of pornography and sex aids all oh under the God, bed? Yeah. You had to get it and then threw it out by the motorway. What I kind of stuff? It you? wasn't the motorway. What do you think Paul McKenna's mum makes of a man <laughs> like you? She's probably thoroughly disgusted. What do you do with pornography when you move house, then? Just leave it. I mean, I don't know, the pornography probably comes, does it? I mean, actually, pornography, you don't tend to keep it, do you? You don't have a lot of loyalty. As a younger man, of course, I was loyaler to pornography than I've ever been to an actual living female, I'm <laughs> thinking about it now. I'd have porno mags that I'd have for years. Well, I had a little brother, you see, so things went, you know... They went down. passed them down. Mm, Take care of them. They've served me My, my well. brave girls. <laughs> God bless you, England's Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on, though. Uh, hello, Russell. This is uh, an email from from South Wales. Great show at Warwick last night. I can't believe that as a 42-year-old man, I applauded another man for successfully managing to piss in a bottle in front of 1,500 people. I thought it was an amazing achievement and should be considered the golden highlight of your strange career to date. <laughs> How will you top it? Viva la revolution, Tim, South Wales. Well, I see your act moved on. Uh, it was actually quite innovative. If you think the most significant uh, piece of art of the last century is widely regarded to be Duchamp's Pissoir, I am probably the greatest live performer How since do you do Shakespeare. That in front of loads of, I can't wee in front of. Well, I can wee in front of you. Yeah. We've crossed many boundaries together. What I do is I stood, like, there's a, it was 1,500 people there. I stood at the back, there was a backdrop, there was these curtains, right, these drapes. I went up behind there, just, like, pulled the microphone just to the back of the stage so it was in its stand, hid my body behind it, put, like, put my genital region onto the top of the bottle. Region? Ugh. <laughs> it's just a great big swollen lump. <laughs> it's a region. It's got its own laws, its own it a codes. Region. It's a region, baby. Once you stroll in there, it's no man's That's land. That's what they'd say, like, of a Burns victim. Here's the genital region. It sounds like something's been lost. No, things have been gained. Let me tell you, there's a whole culture <laughs> living down I've there. I've heard. <laughs> Glorious it is. Yeah, get some cream. <laughs> They've got their own sheriffs and everything. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, then I just stood there and carried on talking to him while I weed into the bottle, then hid it. Like, well, I sort of put, I took it out for a while and the audience... Hid it? I heard you threaten to throw it at them. I did threaten to, yeah, but I didn't actually do it. And then they were in stunned silence, the old audience, so I had to coax them back round with some good old-fashioned jokes. Mean, earlier in the show, I'd phoned up there was these two girls that were saving up money to go to Guatemala to work in an orphanage. I think it was just to go to Guatemala. I don't think they cared Is about it an orphanage. Is it near Guatemala? Uh, I don't know. Guatemala. Nonetheless, Guatemala. <laughs> right? And like, so uh, I called them up, these Guatemala birds. I goes, do you want to come down to the show? You know, like, did that live. People were like, you know, it was interesting, because they lowered pictures of them in the local paper. They looked like, you know, nice couple of sorts. I've called them up. They turned up towards the end of the show, came up on the stage. Drunk they were. One literally fell over. Imagine that, coming up on stage wow. in front of 1,500 people, collapsed down flat on the floor. 
um, I sort of thought, hello, they're drunk, I'll take advantage of them. Goes, you thirsty, girls. <laughs> One goes, yeah, I am a bit. I goes, let me get you a wee drink from my own personal cellar. Went off, got the bottle of wee. Didn't everyone in laugh, though? And People roared with laughter, yeah. And luckily, though, my wee is a People gl- roared as they, they roared. ran out, <laughs> saying, refund! <laughs> they enjoyed it, it's performance art. Then they got, uh, I gave the bottle over to the girl, um, but because of the roar and because of the... Oh, you couldn't do that. Yeah, I know. Well, you can't actually let someone drink your wee-wee. That's too much, isn't it? That's, you know, that's where the line is. But nonetheless, everyone seemed to have a very good evening, to tell you the truth, Matt. It sounds for good. That poor girl Where was that? Urine and is now very, very ill. Uh, that was in Warwick, near Coventry, that that all went on. Uh, right, should we listen? Why don't we listen to Blur? Because I don't think we ever listen to Blur out of some we, sort I of warped loyalty to Noel Gallagher. Well, let's put Blur on now. Oh, we did listen to him once, but... Well, should we try and ring him up? We've not spoken to him for yeah, ages. He's... I see him in the paper That's carrying what... that baby around that he's done. Gee, said he looked like he'd stolen it. Yeah, he looked shifty. He didn't look like it was his, and uh, I think there's probably some questions to be asked there about that. Let's call him up in a minute, let's, but for now, let's listen to There's No Way. Blur. That was Blur, this is BBC Radio 2, online, on digital, and on air to one fm Later on this programme, we will be talking to Noel Gallagher. I just spoke to him just then, he seems... All right, just yeah. yeah. He said he'll come on. All right, what do you want? Like that, it just seemed like that. He's we can find self. out about your uh, ridiculous claims about childbirth. Oh yeah, yes, we can. Let's use him because earlier in the show I said that the childbirth has changed dramatically since the mid seventies, where rather brutal methods were employed to induce children, whereas now there's a more clementine way of uh, not clementine necessarily, more uh, I don't know, sexy way of delivering babies. Now, who the hell would we like to listen to other than that? Absolute asshole, Big Bird, who's done nothing but betray and undermine me since I've been old enough to talk. Uh, I believe Big Bird might be there on the line now. Hello, Big Bird. Hello, here I am. Big Bird, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Well, I was just said I was going to go down to the park and meet my pal, Mr. Snuffle, up again. We spoke to him. Snuffy. We spoke to your mate Snuffy the other week. He oh, was. Did you? Yeah, he seemed okay, you know. I think he's a bit down on his luck, Big Bird. Well, he's sometimes a little depressed. I think he was depressed, and I, I don't want to cast aspersions on him, but he sounded to me like the kind of depression that like, perhaps a glue sniffer might suffer from. You know, uh-huh. a bit down in the dumps from solvent abuse. I think he's using that big trunk to hoover up great big dirty stinks. The question is, Big Bird, why are you letting your friends fall into solvent abuse? Well, I don't know. I didn't know anything about that. It's a surprise to me. Oh, listen, let's not attack you. You're a lovely sort of a fella. Uh, Big Bird, since the end of Sesame Street, what do you do to occupy yourself? Well, I keep busy um, because we, we have lots going on. Um, Snuffy grows a, a cabbage patch right down there uh, beside his cave at the, at the, down at the park. Right, OK. Well, I'd question that if I was you, because I'd like, some of those claims seem dubious in light of the way he was behaving last time I spoke to him. Really? Um, I wonder what he said. I'd like to have heard that. Yeah, and he just seemed down. He seemed just a little bit down. Just keep an eye on him, if I was you. Now, uh, Big Bird, why did you used to roll the skate about everywhere? I did, yes. Why was I still that? do occasionally. Yeah? Why? I tried some inline skates, but they didn't work so good. I suppose that's because, as a bird, you've got quite wide feet. Yes, I do. I have to be careful going around corners because my, my toe, the outboard toe, gets caught on the curbs. Just focus, is what I'd say. Big Bird, what type of bird are you, even? 
Well, I, I like to think of myself as a giant golden condor. Mm. I'm, I'm really just a lark. <laughs> Do you have a, a girlfriend or boyfriend or any other partner? Well, no, Snuffy's my best pal. I'm only six years old. Okay, I didn't realise that. I do apologise. I thought you were a sexually mature adult bird. I didn't oh, realize. no, no, I've got years to go. Uh, yeah, hold on. C- Big Bird, could you uh, now reveal the person who lives inside your mind and is the chuckling puppeteer of your emotions, Carol Spinney? Well, there is a guy here named that. Right, get him. Yes, I am. Hi. Oh, Carol Spinney. Yeah. That was amazing. That's a, you've, yeah. got, oh, you've got a, a menagerie inside your own mind. Well, I, yes. <laughs> like, uh, I, I also, I, I have, there's another friend of mine here. Right here. Hey, come here, Oscar. Yeah, who is this? All right, yeah, this is Russell Brand. Is that Oscar? Russell the... Brand, aren't you, haven't you, aren't you recently under arrest? Yeah, I've, been, <laughs> I've, I've had a few problems with the law, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Which I yeah, think might be exacerbated now that it's come out that I've tried to chat up a six-year-old bird on the radio. That's not going to help. Mind you, in bird years, he's probably not got very long lift. Why do you <laughs> live in a bin for? Uh, are you, oh, well, Oscar, it's for you. Yeah, I love it because the, the rent is cheap. <laughs> right, <laughs> I know you like to call them a dustbin. Uh, yeah, we but... do call it a dustbin. Now, my yeah. understanding of it is, is that... Uh, that you, Oscar the Grouch, live in a bin on account of the fact to sort of demonstrate to children that there's such a thing as homelessness. Is that right? No, actually, I never thought of that. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, it's just that I choose. I'm a grouch. I love trash. Yeah, you've driven yeah, people yeah. away. And so I kind of enjoy living in my dustbin. <laughs> mm. it's, it's nice. I like, on a rainy day, I open the lid so I get nice and soaked. Yeah. You ever get your fur completely matted and wet? Yeah, I, I do, that. actually, and I've always felt terribly guilty afterwards, as a matter of fact. It's normally uh-huh. a sign that I've made some bad lifestyle choices, and I, I imagine it's the same with you. Sometimes I think, Oscar, I'd be better off clambering in that bit bin with you, getting my fur all wet, matted and sodden, and just yeah. forgetting about society's conventions. Well, the best way to spend a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, so on Saturday nights, mm. I dress up in my rat suit. And I go out and paint the town brown. <laughs> Dirty little devil! <laughs> I do a very similar thing. Except my rat suit is sort of made out of PVC. Filthy yeah. way to live life. There's C- no better way than spend a Saturday night unless you're in your rat suit. Yeah, I got if I, I, I to me a Saturday night ain't complete unless I've spent at least an hour in some rat suit or another. I get right in that rat suit, then it's time to paint things all nice and brown. Oscar, it's been a delight to talk to you. Can I have a final chat to dear Carol? Yes, Carol. Yes, I had to wrestle the the phone out of his little mitt. Oh, bless him. Well, he lives on the edge, doesn't he? <laughs> With his little bit. Uh, Carol, thank you very much for your time. You've been lovely. Although uh, it must be difficult to cope with having that many personalities in your mind. I struggle uh, just I, have I, one. I sometimes don't know who I am. No, no, I don't think any of us truly do. Thank you very much, Carol, you delightful gentleman. I enjoyed talking with you. You too, you're lovely. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, gang. See you later, big bird. See ya. Bye, then. Bye. I feel a bit guilty about how that went, do you? Why? Well, I don't know, it's just it all got a bit devious. Do you think? Well, a little bit, and plus, like, Big Bird, now that I didn't really realise that Big Bird was only six years old, did oh, that's you? That's just weird. Well, he's the biggest person on the, the whole street. He's enormous. What's the point? Why didn't they just have another puppet? Well, yeah, because we don't even remember. They said that he represents children. 
Yeah. And he asked the questions that children should ask. Exactly. Which we thought was odd anyway, because there were children on that show. Why didn't they just ask yeah, the questions? give it to one of the little blue fellas. Yeah, well, like but, Cookie Monster or yeah. one of them. Yeah, they were great. That's weird, because he, he was all innocent when he was Big Bird, and then he yeah. changed when he was Grouch. Didn't he? Didn't he just? You think he's living in the past a little bit? <laughs> I think he might be living in the old past, don't he? I wonder how other characters come out. I often wonder with people that do a variety of voices whether they allow that to infiltrate their social or sexual life. Of course they do. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling all grouchy and I'm going to vent that aggressively. And oh, what's that about? Getting into a rat suit and painting the town What's brown. It? I don't know what that means. Just, just if well. you've got, if you're famous for doing a voice, but you don't, obviously, you, you don't look like Big Bird. Yeah. You must have to, like, trying to pull, you know, celebrity trick on a book a table or something. Yeah. You must have to stoop pretty low. You've got to do. You've got to say different hi, phrases. Hi, I'm the voice of Big Bird. Right. Hey, Snuffy. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Would you mind leaving? Sorry, sir. I'm not aware of who you are. If this doesn't seem pertinent to us, could you get out of our restaurant with as little fuss as possible? Why don't we simply listen to the ocean, then we'll come back with some of my new items. Matt, do you want to culturally review something? Um... You better think of something to culturally think of something. review. I think of something. Culturally review something. Right, we're gonna, Matt's going to culturally review something. G's going to do an item. There's going to be a hell of a lot of items. We're talking to Noel Gallagher later. What are we going to ask him about? Oh, yeah, the Child miracle birth. of childbirth. Miracle of childbirth. He will better be have been there. Uncut. Of course he won't have been there. He's drunk out of his brain, that poor woman. Let's listen to Richard Hawley, the erotic ocean. The ocean, Richard Hawley. You listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Here is some news. Artist can only draw whilst asleep. A man who sleepwalks is a talented artist when he's asleep, but can't draw at all when he's awake. Lee Hadwin, 33, of Henland, North Wales, can't remember drawing and can't re recreate his sketches when he wakes up. He scribbles on anything, even walls and tables. He said, I've been filmed to prove it's true. I've tried to do pictures when I'm awake, but they're rubbish. The Edinburgh Sleep Clinic said he was unique. What about that? He's Easy to fake, though. What do you mean? You just go, oh, Just be rubbish at drawing in the oh, day. Oh, look at me in the day. My drawings are rubbish. But by night, I'm bat drawer. I like the idea of him having a secret sleep identity. A lot of people are different when I'm asleep. Do people ever tell you you do stuff while you're asleep? Because I yeah. get told stuff. I do weird things. What do you do? Snore, snuffle. Snuffle? Say, say odd things. It's weird, isn't it? It's embarrassing that your personality changes so much when you're asleep. I apparently have, like, proper conversations, murmur, you whine. Murmur. When we murmur. were driving across America and you fell asleep, you go, where's your murmur? Say things like that and I go, what? You go, murmur. <laughs> <laughs> murmur, all vulnerable. Yeah, spooky. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like murmuring vulnerably. Because sometimes one of your eyes is hanging open. What, have I hanging open? Yeah. Do I do anything magical, though? Do I have any gifts? Like, do I draw something good? Make, maybe make something out of clay, like the head in that Lionel Richie video, Hello, that people care a lot about. No, just sort of eating. Just eating? Have <laughs> 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 a rice cracker? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know you this, that while you sleep, you chant racist slogans, <laughs> you pull your knees into your chest and fart violently, you see Kyle, you cross yourself, you giggle and interfere with yourself. It's ghastly to watch. Do you want to do a cultural review or something? Yeah. Want... Matt's cultural review will it's now back. return. Hello. Matt, what would you like to culturally review? The city of San Francisco. Oh yeah, what do you in think America? of it culturally? 
Good the United States in America. It's a brilliant start. It's a good start. It's got facts in it as well mm. as opinions. Yeah, it's not just opinion. Cultural review. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. There's a newsreader that I recently met. She's all. Uh, this is a cultural review. Oh, Don't sorry. Override. <laughs> there's no point in having a cultural review. Unless. <laughs> oh, there's a newsreader. Oh, oh can you imagine that? Oh, I love the tragedy. <laughs> the tragic facts. <laughs> oh, go on, tell me something sad. Okay, I'll tell you something sad. Tell me something about San Francisco. Not homeless people there. Why are they all homeless? About half the people in San Francisco don't live there. They're just wandering around in the streets. No, it's because they can't walk up those hills back to their houses. Yeah, it's built it, on some just... funny hills, isn't it? Why build a house on hills? It's like a nice that? place, but it was a bit cold. Yeah. But we can't judge it on that fully. No, that's not its fault that it's so bloody cold and full of homeless people. Apparently, other ho homeless people go there to be homeless. It's a mecca for homelessness. If you're a homeless person, somewhere in America, you think, I'm going to get me to San Francisco, have some sipping whiskey. But why? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, people are more generous there, something like that, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, but if it's become saturated with homeless people, then the generosity must tail off. Yeah, I know. I don't know why you'd do that, Matt. I think if I was homeless, I'd go somewhere where I, I've got a bit more cachet and I'd be more like an old-fashioned tramp with a hat with a lid on it and shoes that look like they were mouths. Yeah, also, it undermined our journey terminating there. Certainly did, didn't it? Because... It's just, you know, full of... It's a shipwreck of a town. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a lovely place. Beautiful. Um, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love San Francisco, baby. But that doctor I had to go and see because... Asthma. Matt, with his various and constant illnesses, had to visit a physician in every town while I was going to AA <laughs> meetings across America to fight the terrible illness of addiction. The terrible and very real illness of addiction. Matt and his phantom no, condition. to go to Naughty Boys Club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to do it anymore because I've done too much. <laughs> I took it too far, see? I thought I could have a bit of fun, but I didn't know where to draw the line. Except on a toilet lid and then up my bugle. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, why I'm down the doctors? <clears throat> well, I went there with my supposedly say, phantom condition of asthma, which he This quickly... is outside the remit of, of a cultural review, because how is no. that a culture? Be that's part of the culture. The healthcare. The healthcare. With a bogus illness. What? So you're saying Michael Moore's film Sicko about the healthcare industry in America is wrong? Thinking about it, Matt, this is very much the English version <laughs> of Sicko that you're making right now. You're opening my mind real wide. No, he was crazy, this bloke. He was like a doctor. Chinese fella in um, squash gear. What, shorts? No. No, tracksuit bottoms and a vest. What was it that vest was showing chest and arms? Chest and arms of a doctor. Uh, or, or t yeah, but he was dressed as a, like a. Was it, did he have nice skin on his arms? No, he was like you know he was. Was a, there any erroneous hair? Yes, mm. back hair. Mm. And then all around the office, there was pictures of him with Sean Connery and people, but on film sets. Like, right. he must be a doctor who gets employed on film sets. Yeah. And he goes to me, what's wrong with you, then? Like that, he's really <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> and I went, oh, I've got a little bit of asthma, I've got a tight chest. And yeah. he sat me down and he put his, you know, listening device. Oh, yeah. Is it called? Stethoscope. Stethoscope. All around me and went, mm. and I breathed in and I made sure it was wheezy. You made it wheezy. There's nothing worse than you going there. You and, and then your breathing goes all... Like, do, so a this wheeze, is... do a wheeze. Do a wheeze. You did that. Like Not a statue. Harold, <laughs> don't leave me, Harold. Oh, no, I put. You know, I did, 
you can't go there and then it's gone, mm. the condition. No, that would expose the true nature of your <laughs> illness, a mental one. Go on, then, what you say? I like that. He said something to you about allergies. Yeah, he goes, oh, yeah, you, got, you don't. He goes, no, these people who have a cat or a dog, it's disgusting. And flowers, don't go near flowers, like that. <laughs> and then he said, um, he goes, why have a cat if you can't if you can't get, can't get sex anyway? Just get, you know, get a beautiful woman. Or he goes, get a hot chick, like that. And I went... I don't think people who own cats have sex with them. And then he thought I'd said, I think people who have cats have sex with them. And he went, yeah, they probably do. Yeah, they probably do have sex with them, don't they? <laughs> I like you, you're funny. Hey, me and you, we're, go- we're two hearts with just one mind, man. We're poor hot chicks together. <laughs> yeah, he had some strange views, that doctor. He was crazy, and then he gave me, obviously, you know, every drug under Undeserved the sun. Undeserved bucket pay for of it. drugs that you had to get, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so he was, uh, I mean, he was a li- real character. What was interesting to me was the self-satisfied way that you went around hoovering up that asthma thing for oh, the rest of the uh, this old thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my burden, but... <laughs> or being around like the elephant man. You've up got the no sympathy when I'm ill. When I'm you're ill, I'm always quite nice. <laughs> quite nice, is that, that's the best you could do. I'm always, you said, jabbing at the air like Enoch Powell. Then no, no, but then I was desperately trying to think nice. of a time that I'd been nice. Been anything like nice. Migraines, I'm always nice to you, because I used to have them. Mm, those migraines. What other things God. have you had wrong with you? Your back pain, when you suddenly go, like that. What's that all about? I'm a cripple, aren't I? It's a miracle I can still walk. I'm ridden with diseases and illnesses. I he under- used to have a comedy back condition. Yeah. That he'd be walking down that. It did look like you were putting it on, did but it? I'm sure you weren't. He'd just walk down the road and then go, oh, yeah, well, the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> it's okay. Don't look at me. <laughs> right, okay. You're listening to Radio 288 to 91FM. Hey, Hang on, I haven't culturally summarised. Oh, God. It's nothing to do Cold, with culture. Homeless people. Probably quite nice if it was warmer. Mm. I don't think it was what fair about to the judge. the culture? We went to the Beat Museum with Jack Kerouac, yeah, Ginsburg, the Beats. You've done nothing you about that. You did a giggle over it and I couldn't look at any of the exhibits. That was the culture. Well, me. I can't review you. <laughs> review me. I've done some culture. What other things happened with I've done some. What other things happened? Oh, well, that, as if that counts as culture. That was the island. Trams going up and down. You're putting a tram and a doctor and an asthma inhaler and some homeless ahead of me. What about my cultural uh, review of I the thought city. it was the city of brotherly love. Yeah, no. I owe you £100. £100 for that being the city of brotherly love. It's the city of brotherly love. I go, no, no, it's not, mate. He goes, yes, it is because of all the gays. They're all like brothers having it off of each other. <laughs> I, didn't I don't say know that. what went on in the Morgan family, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but elsewhere, people that are brothers, even if they are gay, generally look for other gay lads. That's why I know so much about gays on this lovely gay show. Listen, because here's some news for We're you. What's your news we're meant to have? We're having news after this news. Don't let it get you down. Try not to get out of bed. Listen to a bit of lovely actual news from me. 8891 FM Radio 2 BBC. Live one, Motley Crew. You listen to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2, or as I'm now meant to say, this is BBC Radio 2 online on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. You're meant to say that going That's into a the news. Mouthful. Doesn't scan well, does it? This is BBC Radio 2 online on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. You'll hear, if you listen to Radio 2 a lot, you'll hear people saying that. They won't be able to do it properly. It'll be awkward. It'll cause a bad atmosphere. I, I don't could think. do it. Go on, try it. Try it then. Mm. Let's see you say it. Right, this is Matt. 
doing an item. This is BBC Radio 2, online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. You little boffin square. You. It sounded rubbish. You made everything sound really sour. Now, while we're on the subject of square people living button-down lifestyles, let's talk to father of two, Noel Gallagher. Hello, Noel. Who, who, who listens to Motley Crue? We do, man, because we rock out instead of going around oh, having yeah. babies yeah. like squares. Yeah, <laughs> so a cowboy boots and Motley Crue. Yeah, You're and never sex. Gonna get a boyfriend. What? <laughs> You're never going to get a boyfriend. How like dare that. you? This show's been really gay. I'm luring in men left, right and centre. Yeah. My bottom's like the Bermuda Triangle. No one's ever coming back, <laughs> dog. <laughs> OK. <laughs> So, out coming in, what's it like, mate? What's it like having a baby? What's it like? Good, was yeah, it? It's, it's like, so far, so good. It's all right. He's a, he's a lovely little lad. Oh, he looked nice. I see his little face in the paper. Yeah, and uh, Sarah's taken to it with gusto. It? <laughs> well, it. motherhood. Motherhood. No, no, we don't. We don't don't call it it. Who's no, it won't like you when it grow up. No, she's taken to motherhood with gusto. So, Has she? Oh, so far, so good. Right, well, on a serious note then, congratulations, well done, and much love to Sarah. Now, let's get on with the serious business of ridiculing you and that <laughs> child, which I believe to be mine. Yeah, now, on, does it look anything like you? Uh, well, it's difficult to say in it after it being four days old. Mm. It looks like a little old man. Could it be a Could bit it, like old Russ? Does it, uh, no, it doesn't look like an idiot. Oh. <laughs> Stop calling him it. No. Well, how come you called him Donovan Rory? Well, because Ro- Rory... His mm. middle name's Rory MacDonald, and Rory MacDonald is Sarah's dad's name. Right, OK, so that, that was, was a tribute to Sarah's father. Respectful. And who's Donovan out of respect for? Donovan is just... Or was that especially for you? Well, we just chose that name because we were looking through... Uh, we find it really difficult with boys' names. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was kind of like a, a book of Irish names, and Donovan mm. uh, is Gaelic for some sort of musician or other. Yeah, and, um, it's a bit unfortunate that Jason Donovan released his autobiography the same day that your son was born, because no, I thought... I no, saw, when you've you've got, uh, no when you've got all them BAFTAs. Like, you you, <laughs> you sent that text, right? And he said, you sent a text saying it's called Donovan Rory. I goes, that's actually a lovely name, all right, the folk singer. And I thought, ah, oh, Jason Donovan, but mostly we've forgotten about him now. And I got the paper, and the front page was, Jason Donovan, autobiography. I'm reclaiming my name, says Jason. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, we, I just think you might as well have called him Kylie. Or, like, you oh, I'd, I'd, I hate Kylie's name. Oh, she's horrible name. Yeah, I know. Oh, listen, I think you're going to be a lovely... Do you call him Donny when you're yeah, looking down at him? Yeah. Little Donny. Little oh. Donny, yeah. And, um... Yeah, so that's that. So, anyway, the cowboy boots. Yeah, all right. Let's don't put that up on a par with your new son, my cowboy <laughs> boots. Although... I've taken delivery of a new child. We've all <laughs> taken delivery of a pair of extremely square cowboy boots. How do you know about my cowboy boots? I was boots? listening to you last Saturday night in the hospital. <laughs> when, uh, well, the mental I, hospital where uh, you've had to I, retreat I to. I to you after I'd sent you the message saying I'm going to get my head down because I've been up, you know. And you, and you were like, how dare he? Let's just call him up anyway. <laughs> like, what an idiot, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of an there's idiot. Been a, there's been a child that's been born in somebody's life today and all he's bothered about <laughs> is his poxy little radio show that 400,000 people listen to. 16% audience share, Noel. <laughs> a successful, vibrant show. One of the best podcasts in the damn country. Be deceiving. Anyway, uh, why, why are you pre-recording this? Where are you, you going to be on? I'm at the Hackney Empire doing my DVD. If you're any kind of a man, you and your no, children will turn up. Came. 
you had a camera pointing straight at me, so it made it look <laughs> like, you know, I'd laughed at those jokes. Well, three times anyway, and I was there for the fourth time because, oh no, calm down, because I'm doing my DVD and I need someone to come there. Stay. <laughs> and uh, so I get there, uh, if anybody's listening to this radio show, and he's got a camera pointing straight at me from the opposite side of the room. So every time you see me laughing, I'm just, oh my God, I better laugh at this. <laughs> so many times, the one about the luggage and his cat. Like, oh. <laughs> My... So I might come down to the Hackney Empire because your new stuff is really good. Thank you very much for saying that. It's about Matt, which I like, which Matt, yeah. Matt actually likes him as well. Don't That's you? not in the show. It is, actually. That's the closest That's not going the on the DVD. Don't make such a fuss about stuff. Oh, he's an half-hour work to deal with him with this hey, young man's hey, sensitivity. What, what was, uh, what, how, did it, how did it work out with Courtney Love last week? Because I went to bed at that point because I literally couldn't keep my eyes open, but... Yeah, she was good, you know. She, yeah, she was absolutely no trouble. She's much, uh, she's like quite together, wasn't she? She's in good shape. She's all sort of slim and that. She's she has got a bad rap, hasn't she? She's a, a, a reputation precedes her. Yeah, I know. She gets hard time. I've got a lot of time for her. I think she's a, I think she's a lovely woman. Yeah, well, you have for probably varying reasons, though. How dare you undermine my feelings for Courtney Love? <laughs> um, oh, listen, no, the main thing we need to talk to you about is vis-a-vis -vis the old birth of your boy child, your yeah. lovely son. Now, uh, when he came out in the world, was he happy? He slid out like a dead otter. Did he? Right, yeah. And uh, he had... Well, they don't, they're not allowed to hold him upside down and smack him anymore. Matt, see, I told you, I've been saying that the midwife techniques have changed because people were being born in a violent way and it was making yeah. us all grow up in a twist. That's why there's so many criminals. They're not allowed, which, I, which I think is pathetic because it's just like, I mean, if we've got, you know, childbirth has been going on for, you know, how many thousands of years and it's like, if, that, if that's the way it's done, that's the way it's done, you know what I mean? But anyway, they're not allowed to do that, so they come out and there's, there's kind of a... There's kind of a, a, a brief 10 or 15 seconds of silence before he clears his throat. Hey, Clisbro, <clears throat> thank you very much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. Dad, you look great. How do you do? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, what a wonderful journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what, there's 15 seconds of silence, and what, you don't hit him or anything? You just wait no, for him? No, they're not, they're not allowed. I mean, I was, you know, I would. But, um, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not allowed to, because it's considered barbaric, can you believe that? Do you, what I'm interested in is if he grows up in London, he's not going to talk like you or his mum. He won't have a Scottish accent or a Northern accent. No, he'll be, initially he'll have a weird accent, won't it? Because it'll be kind of a three-way thing between his peers, who'll all be Cockney idiots, <laughs> uh, Mancunian, and kind of Scottish, plus a little bit of Irish from my grandma in there. So, and, that, and then we'll put him in, uh, you know, uh, we'll put him in school and he'll talk like a Cockney. Yeah, he will. He's going to grow up to be a proper little thug, young uh, Donovan Gallagher. He'll just be, he'll be a cockney <laughs> not too dissimilar to you. How dare you? I'm not, mind you, perhaps he will be. Perhaps, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Perhaps I can recruit him. I'm looking forward to meeting the young man. <laughs> Matthew, why did you do that peculiar sign there? No, I was saying, say sorry for <laughs> and I've just said <laughs> <laughs> We'll beep all over that. There's been a bit of an outburst of swearing. That's the least of our problems. So what's that? Tonight was, it, was, it, was, it was actually pretty good on Saturday, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pre-recorded, you know. I know, it's... anyway, the cowboy boots. Why have you got cowboy? Tell me about what happened in America, because I haven't spoken to you since then. Well, we and Matt decided to become like cowboys while we were out there. We got a oh, bit really? carried what, away. Back mountain, <laughs> there were some similarities. <laughs> no, yeah. I was a manly cowboy. Mm, I don't know. 
Oh, what's, what's that, a cow man then? Yeah. He, was, he was sort of like a cow man. <laughs> I, I was a rent boy and Matt was a cow man. He was a sort of an amalgamation of the idea of a cowboy. We met some interesting people. We had a bit of tomfoolery with the homeless. We had some arguments in cars. Matt's driving was terrible. His hypochondria went through well, the roof. I agree with what you were saying about like, uh, that America and Americans. They're amazing people. It's just that they, their government are really bad representatives of them. They are, because they was a lovely um, bunch, friendly, I've had, warm. I've had such great times over there, you know. It's yeah, an amazing right. country, amazing people. Right? Generous, hospitable, they're a right laugh, yeah. Proper characters. Yeah, I like it over there. Well, yeah, when are you doing a record? Uh, we've got a single out, uh, we've, got a, we've got a digital single out on Monday, actually. Why don't you give it to us and let us play it exclusively oh, first? why do you think? Because you don't respect us? I don't know. Uh, Radio 1, Little Old. Radio 2. <laughs> little old Radio 2. The most... Radio 1 in the daytime. Right. Little old Russell Brown. <laughs> Saturday night when everyone's in the pub. Right, I want you to know, Noel, that I've taken my genitals out of my trousers Good to boy. show that Radio 2 is infinitely more powerful <laughs> than stinking, wretched, weak Radio 1. <laughs> okay? You should get that single exclusive. Well, we start, we start, we start back uh, recording on November the 15th in an album. Okay, well, I think that might be pertinent because I think it's going to go up in smoke, the old thing, because of your rudeness. God, and... you're worth all those awards you've had. <laughs> That's sharp, man. As you see, just, yeah. it just comes to it's a gift. It's a gift. I know, I can understand totally. <laughs> Unlike your dress sense, which is a curse. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right, okay, the a line's been crossed. Look, please give Sarah a kiss from me. I will do. And sort of then just stroke her hair a bit too long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, I'd look forward to seeing give you. Give me a call before you do your gigs, I might come and you. All right, yeah, please do. Some other people come in that I'm sure you'll be very happy to meet. Oh, Noel like Gallagher. You. Like uh, who? I don't know, Jonathan Ross says he might come along and see it. Jonathan Ross always says he might come and he never does. Do you know why? Why? Because he's a liar. <laughs> Jonathan Ross is a liar! Yeah. You heard it here on Radio 2. Yeah. He's a lying liar. Don't yeah. trust any of his film reviews. Right. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you later, mate. Bye. 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 There he goes. Well, let's dedicate this track to Noel Gallagher. We should have dedicated this to him while we still had him on the phone. Yeah. So we could have humiliated him. With he him. might listen to the show. He'll listen to the show. He'll be there listening to this. He certainly won't be turning off my gig. I won't have him. This, this is for you and your new son, Noel Gallagher. Gallagher's firstborn son, Donovan, Rory, Charlene, Mrs. Mangle, Bouncer, Gallagher. God bless you, Mum. Okay, let's have a little bit of news. This is my new item, Russell News. Doo-doo-boo, yeah, it's Russell News. Doo-doo-doo. Uh, it's easier, I can think of a better jingle than... This is BBC Radio 2 online on Digital 188 to 91 FM. Might as well be C-Cell, She-Shells, that bloody thing. Rhino gets it on with Renault. A rampant rhinoceros gave a group of visitors a glimpse of nature in the raw at a British safari park when he tried to have sex with their car. I don't like the... Have they spelt raw, R-O-A-R? No, they haven't, mate. It's a trick. It's R-A-W in the typical way. But the, which makes me think that the rhinoceros... Rhinoceros... I think they So the rhinoceros' genitals might have been sort of somehow ravaged. Do you no, know what I mean? the car was ravaged. Okay, fair enough. Uh, he tried to have sex with their car. Sharka, a two-ton white rhino, got amorous with Dave Allsop's car when he stopped with three friends to take pictures of the animal mating with his partner Trixie at the West Midlands Safari Park. Trixie's a slattish name for a rhino, isn't it? No, Dave was with his partner. No, hold on, no. Trixie 
is the partner of the rhino. Oh, right. Trixie's not in the car. I thought he said he was in his car watching it with his partner Trixie. No, he's mating. Like the, but this is not a story about a man, a man mating, mating with a, rhino. a rhino. It's not what this is. I just called it Trixie. Trixie, the people at the. the oh, maybe she was park. like she pulled tricks and she knocked fences over and she stuff. Just like a rhino prostitute. Like, oh well, oh well. If you've got enough, I don't even know what a rhinoceros would want other than sex with a car. It seems the twelve-year-old rhino tried to melt. Mount the Renault Laguna from the side, denting the doors and ripping off the wing mirrors before Dave drove away with a puffin sharker in pursuit. He was a big boy and obviously aroused, said Mr. Alsop on Thursday. I like it when people have to say obviously aroused. Often in News of the World mm. articles, he was clearly aroused because it makes me think, Ugh, all aroused. Because aroused, and it's the affiliation of that word with an erection, it's interesting to me. Well, why don't you use it more often instead of saying erection? I was obviously aroused. That's, <laughs> hello, I'm aroused. <laughs> I'm obviously aroused. Look at me. <laughs> Bloody things, nothing but trouble. Obviously aroused to Mr. Allsop on Thursday. He sidled up on us. Look at that, sidling. Hey, baby. Hey, what's going on? I'm just gonna, hey, don't mind me. I'm just <laughs> drifting by. Cut for that. I'm obviously aroused. Yeah, a rhino don't sidle because it's not got the ability, what is it? What was a rhino think? It must have looked like a robot rhino. It must have been a bit like in a cartoon when there's a, some sort of episode where there's a robot Bugs Bunny just with lipstick. Yeah, like a car with eyelashes. A car with and eyelashes. Thinking, Why did I drive the pink car with eyelashes? Yeah, yeah, because I, like from, I don't know that rhino is an idiot, isn't it? He's probably sex staffed. Imagine you were in a cage. Mm. And, you know, every now and again people would walk past. He's having it off with Trixie when the car came. If I was having, if I had a, someone to have sex with while I was in my cage, called Trixie, obviously a slut, I suppose eventually you'd... There might be people listening called Trixie, you have to... Well, if you are called Trixie, give us a call, you dirty little cow. I'm obviously aroused. And I'm not saying that you are definitely called a Trixie. Would you feel, if you are in a car that was mm. sexually molested by an animal, would you feel violated personally, or would you not? If it got up the exhaust, I would. I'd How feel would like, you know? Because well, you could I'd, hear from the sound of the engine. I'd check after with a lolly stick. I'd go put a lolly stick Oh, no, it's been right in there. Look oh, at my dipstick. Look, dip at <laughs> look at my dipstick. Powder and paint, dipstick. Powder and paint. Is you is. If that rhinoceros... Uh, it would depend. If the rhinoceros reached climax at my car, I'd... That's bad. I'd go, come on, mate. What would you... Would you, I mean... Say you're in the car with yeah. a woman, would you feel protected? Would you say, I'm sorry, darling, this'll be over soon? Would you mind? Don't look, dear, now, but there's a rhinoceros and he's behaving in a very ungentlemanly fashion. Put the hazards on. That'd probably turn it on more and make it think like he's in the red light district or something. Like he's on holiday in Amsterdam, having one of those clock-watching bit of sex. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, bit of psychology, isn't it? What for? Well, the rhino? Imagine you had kids in the car, you'd have to explain it to them. Mmm. Right, when a rhino loves a car very, very much, he gets certain urges and he expresses himself. What's happening to the car <laughs> is very beautiful, very nice. I'm frightened, it's very natural. He smashed the back window. He's trying to get me with his horn. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. It happened in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, it's difficult. 
It's difficult. It's embarrassing as well when you go to the garage. Yeah, what's that? Oh dear, man, that's gonna cost you, mate. Well, I mean, no, 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 try and shake it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> as a matter of fact, that is what happens, okay? Well, I'm still winged mirrors, but there were some monkeys as well. <laughs> they got a little bit of Frisky. <laughs> Frisky little devils. Yeah, you wouldn't feel the rhino lumbering over there like that. I swear, I wouldn't like the bit where it lumbered up to you with its ancient antediluvian hooves, all scaly and untouched by time. It's a funny looking animal, mm. isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a it horn is made itself? out of hair. That's Matted just hair. hair. What a pervert. It's just let his hair mat into that. Yeah. Twizzled Ghastly. it up over years and then evolved into just having a natural quiff. He's twizzled up a little Mark Almond quiff <laughs> right out the front of his little snout. <laughs> Dirty little devil. Well, listen, what else happens? He was a big boy and obviously aroused, said Mr. Allsop. I don't like the way that Mr. Allsop seems to be getting into it. He was a big boy. And why's and it called Mr. Aroused. Allsop? Sounds like a caretaker in a brown coat. <laughs> well, oh, got... Mr. Allsop! <laughs> Hold on, boy! Wait, no running in that corridor! Yeah, <laughs> you've got all your juice on my mop! <laughs> now, Mr. Allsop brings it on himself. He's talking about it like him and that rhino had deep feelings for each other. Mr. Allsop said on Thursday, he sidled up on us. The next thing I knew, he's banging on the, he's banging away at the car, and it's rocking like hell. Sounds quite good, that bit. Hey, it's rocking like hell. It's like, sounds like a lyric from a Cocoa Pop commercial, in fact. Yes. The rhino's trying to do it with my car. <laughs> my wife just popped out of her bra. For <laughs> breakfast, I have two treetops. Now we're going to clean the back seat full of slops. Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dirty rhinos are so ready. <laughs> they've turned the back of our car white. I'd rather have a bowl of rhino slops. Yes. A spokeswoman for the car, which says rhinos... Are, <laughs> <clears throat> a spokeswoman for the park said rhinos are not particularly intelligent animals said that Sharka was a hit with the female rhinos and had fathered two calves in the last five years calves that's what it says what do you think I should, what it I sounds say? like she's making a pun on calve oh right calf. half rhino half car yeah well I mean what would that really be like though well Let's try it. Bit of something like <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got a bit of a reputation, this lad, and he was obviously at it again. I don't like the way she has shirked responsibility for the park. And go, oh, they're not very clever. Yeah. Don't have cars and rhinos in the same bit. <laughs> have a car park. Have yeah. a fence. Uh, uh, the monkeys are absolute idiots. I mean, <laughs> been, we let them get drunk and they're completely irresponsible. One they completely ruined the burger van. It was just really <laughs> stupid. Idiots. They've ruined it for everyone else. The lions have wandered off. We've had to sack two monkeys <laughs> this week alone. They were selling the burgers at a ridiculous price. They can't turn a profit. There was one of them weeded a frying pan. It's absolutely absurd. Hello, you lovely, says Sarah. I just wanted to point out that Matt may look like the woman man from the bounty advert, the other kitchen roll is available, but Russell well looks like Nigella Lawson, so much so that I've started to fancy her. Also, it's a bit late, I know, but Sharon from EastEnders looks like a moomin. Love you all, Sarah. That's true that she Good did. Point. Good she point. She did go for a long moomin stage. A real moomin, as if it was like a sort of a moomin puberty, like mooberty, like, you know, like she's yeah. some sort of sexual... There's a certain Miss Piggy element to her as well. Yeah, but a nice she wasn't un She wasn't unattractive. Mrs. Piggy? <laughs> Mrs. Piggy? Who's that? Mrs. Show Piggy's her mom. some respect! She married Kermit, didn't she? No, she didn't. Didn't she? So, uh, she really... well, she'll probably be on the show next week, she, knowing she your did. contacts. <laughs> okay, hey, Rossi Wussy! Hiya! Hiya! Hey, that was quite good. Like, Miss Piggy, I fancied a bit. 
as a child. Because uh, of her s- energy? Uh, the snout, mate. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, just like a little snout all snuffing around. <laughs> for one fun. <laughs> Two for one fun. I didn't say that. You did say that. I'll get her by that snout. <laughs> Come here, love. I wouldn't. I like her. I'd, be, I'd probably be nice to her. It's a weird relationship as a child to be aware yeah, of I'll that dynamic of a big pink woman and a little yeah. green man. Yeah, Frog. Even- <laughs> but you know the dynamic. Yeah, very much actually. It really cast the women as these sort of sexual predators and men as these feeble little floppy legged twerps on lily pads trying to just get a song out. Once, yeah, they just couldn't understand life, and she was really up for it, wasn't she? Yeah. And I think that affected me. That did. I think it's made me sort of think of women as like, hold on, they're well up for it. But then you're always interested in little frogs. That's true, I am. folk banjo playing. <laughs> I am. I, yeah, I'm well into those guys as well, to tell the truth. My he, was, he didn't look like a frog. He had nothing to do with a frog apart from being green. Mm, his mouth. We don't think fro- frogs don't have a mouth like a lid. Well, they've got a bo- like that big blow-up neck thing. They hop about. And he had that collar on that a frog doesn't have. Yeah. He's got none of the qualities of a frog, really. It's, abs- it's abstract. Really? Stupid. It's an abstract idea of a frog. Okay, uh, right, let's uh, listen to... Why have you listened to PJ Harvey for? It's good. It's yeah. a good song, this. All right, fair enough. Get on with it then. Enjoy your life. <laughs> Stick it on. <laughs> I'm bothered. Radio 2. PJ Harvey, Good Fortune. Listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. That's actually a really good song. Sorry that I was ignorant about it. Here is an email from someone called Matthew Edwards. Dear Russell, Matt G and Insomniac Nick. Nick, our producer, being mentioned, is Insomnia now something that people are aware of, I hope. He, 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 earlier on, do you remember what, Matt, we, we asked Nick, don't draw, a, why are you drawing a maggot? I saw you drawing that maggot. You used a bent up paper clip. I watched you tracing around that bent up paper clip and then drawing a the maggot. Yet I've got my nothing. own, you, you son. Just record it. <laughs> I just watch you. I get on with my job a and I walk all the while. You are a doodler. Don't try and cover it up. I've well, seen I'm it now. Of it you now. should be ashamed. You should be ashamed sitting there doodling. This is work. It's not a worm anymore because I drew two legs on him and hands. What is he now? A form. Well, now come whenever you write film scripts, like for film ideas for us to produce in Hollywood, I always end up in a wheelchair at the end of it. <laughs> Why does that keep happening? Why are you trying to put me in a wheelchair? Right. What about when I pushed you in a wheelchair for an airport and then pushed you that into a was shop? Funny. That was really bad, but funny. I goes, look, I'm not walking through this airport. I'm getting in a wheelchair. Right, I go in a wheelchair, which is bad, and I apologise for that. But I go in a wheelchair, Matt, like a right... He, out of order, he pretended he was going to push me on ice, push me like, and I felt all safe, <laughs> like I was in a pram again. Right, then we went past this clothes shop, and then Matt shouted, I want some clothes! Really loud, and just pushed me into a clothes shop. I knocked into a mannequin, the mannequin sort of went, oh, like a skittle, all ballooning about. And then there's this, like, gay-looking lad in a San Francisco airport with a big daft sort of diagonal haircut, standing there wearing a sort of a tank top, and I went right up to him, and I was laughing so much, I couldn't was hysterical. I pushed you in there with all my force. Yeah, I was in there. I rocketed right in. I mean, it was like, I was angry inside, but it was so funny that I couldn't go, I couldn't pretend to be <laughs> rightfully in the wheelchair. What did you do? Stand up. It's a miracle. Am I not? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Cured my clothes. <laughs> Your clothes are brilliant. I endorse them all. Then just scarf Silly business. Silly, childish business. This is an email here about me. It's from Matthew Edwards. I was at your Tuesday night at Fairfields Hall's show. Where's Fairfields Hall? Croydon. Croydon. Oh, Croydon? 
Wow, yeah, I'd really enjoyed that. They're mental. You don't remember being there? Well, I don't remember it being called Fairfields Halls. So I just go, I'm going to Croydon. Very funny it was too. However, in the bar, I met no other than diminutive funny man Ronnie Corbett, who was in attendance with his what? lovely wife and another man who looked dignified and middle-aged. A man with a thin, fuzzed-up hair, yellow wool suit jacket. Possibly his producer, it says next. Remember, he always go, and the producer, uh, producer said to me, Ronnie, he said, do your Kermit Frog impression. It was brilliant. I can't Don't do Hey, I'm here at the scene, Sleeping Beauty. Or uh, was. You join me here outside Sleeping Beauty's house. Here I am, Kermit Defog. <laughs> it's like having Kermit in a room. Matt Morgan can do actual Kermit. Make him say something weird. What did you feel when Miss Piggy used to come on you and that? Um. No, not you, Matt. Miss Piggy's never come on <laughs> to you. I'm trying to remember when she did. <laughs> I mean, it's some crazy days back in the 90s. Pretty bonkers, Muppet Show. Don't put Kermit parties. under pressure. All right, sorry, Kermit. Right, so listen, so he was there, Ronnie Corbett, at my gig. Whilst posing for a photograph, Ronnie inquired, the Russell Brand show isn't too rude, is it? Uh, no, we replied. He's not too bad at all. You then proceeded to go on about onanism, masturbation, threesomes, foreskin <laughs> balloons for an hour and a half. Ronnie Corbett's changed. <laughs> I remember when it just used to be four candles. <laughs> foreskin balloons. <laughs> foreskin balloons. Foreskin balloons. Uh, I hope Ronnie wasn't too embarrassed by it. Mind you, if next time you watch the Royal Variety films, you see Ronnie with back combed hair, mascara and tight jeans, you'll know where he got it from. Keep on trucking, Matthew Edwards. Uh, do you know what, right? Oh, oh, this is P.S. Russell is very proud of his new boots, isn't he? He kept sitting and crossing his legs, bouncing one up and down and tapping his booties. Can I just say, mm, what? Right, Ronnie Corbett goes to your gig, yeah. right? And so we have, wild gigs. We have Big Bird as the caller on the show. We could have a comedy legend phone up. Of course we could, but what if we up... Because Big Bird, if we upset him, it's not the end of the world. Remember, we upset all of them. We upset Zippy. Big Bird... Don't say we. What? <laughs> well, we've said worse things on the show, <laughs> mate. You know, like, so we don't want to drive away Corbett. You know, I like him, and someone told me that he likes me, and he must like don't me. turn this he... round, because I'm saying he's good, so we should have him on the show. And now you're going, hey, let's not upset Corbett. Don't Just listen. You're the person who would upset him. You go, uh, Mr. Corbett, <laughs> who's got a big swiller? Are you Ronnie Parker? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I would not. I would conduct probably a very moving interview that would be shown after Corbett's death. Oh, mention his death. Well done. <laughs> Undermine him. Look, that will be a very sad day for British comedy, but when it comes, I'll be first among the mourners, just there, nude, celebrating Ronnie, the only way I can. Now, listen, the important thing is here that he goes, if next time, this is what Matthew Edwards go, next time you watch the Royal Variety performance, you see Ronnie with back combed hair, blah, 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 you know where he got it from. I've been invited to do the Royal Variety performance. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What? Should I do it? Coat check. No, not coat check, performing for Her Majesty, Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II. Well, she, she won't like you. She will, mate. Don't you think so? I think she will. Ooh, Lily Savage looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think Her Majesty... Is she elegant? <laughs> I think Her Majesty's going to eat up my gear. She's going to... How does that mean? Out of a saucer, if she what has to. What are you going to do? At the... That's for children. No, is it? This for the Queen, mate. She's not a children. She's a grown woman. God bless you, Your Majesty. No, but hang on. Isn't it children's royal variety performance? Mm, I don't know if he's got the word children at the beginning, but all I know is I might do it. 
Because it's the materials you can use. That's the queen. Well, let's read through the list. Masturbation, foreskin <laughs> balloons. Don't um, do Ronnie's stuff. <laughs> I'm not doing any Ronnie's. Oh, Ronnie, you'll push us over the edge. Well, I'm thinking about it. I mean, imagine that, the Royal Variety performance. I know what you'll do. What? You'll go out there like a little chimney sweep and grovel to her. <laughs> oh, hello, you're mad, you. Hello. <laughs> a curtsy. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would, actually, because I might get a knighthood. That's why. And then I'd be a sir. Imagine you that. I've got a long way to go before you get... You have to get your hand out your trousers for a start. Ah, <laughs> good old life. <laughs> you can Listen, get a knighthood. What? Uh, why you can't couldn't. I get a knighthood? And your book comes out of all those revelations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's been some revelations. Queen will have advisors. You get to shake hands with her. At the end, she comes up to you, the Queen. Now, listen, you know me, I'm a revolutionary, and as soon as we get them heads lopped clean off, no. the better it'll be for everyone. But until then, Her Majesty the Queen, the Queen of England... Or shake her hand. You don't get to shake her hand. You're you not do. To touch you line her. up afterwards, and she goes, Oh, hello, did you like that? Or something, you know, did you come far? And I go, yeah, I have come far, but not as far as I'm going to go. Get over here! <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mum. Yeah, uh, but it's going to be a hell of a show, isn't it? Well, you're not in it now, are you, after <laughs> saying that? Yeah, I will. They'll bring me to the top of the bill. <laughs> I've revealed my true I think you, the only way you could do it is if you were doing a mime act. <laughs> Why, do you think I've been capable of saying And even then it would be crude. It would be a crude. The lady would be sick in her handbag. <laughs> Probably our lady. <laughs> her Majesty, God bless her. Well, I think that I should be allowed to do Royal Variety before When Christmas. is it? I don't know, it's coming up. It's before Christmas. It's not very edgy, though, is it? I know it's not edgy. That's the reason I might not do it. But the reason I might do it is just because imagine the stories. Imagine something weird will happen. Something weird will happen if I perform in front of the Queen. What about all the protocol? <clears throat> You're not allowed to touch her? You're not allowed to do certain things? I might break down some barriers. Do you remember when that uh, Prime Minister of Australia I'm, put yeah. his arm around her? Yeah. Imagine now we'd have felt if he'd have gone, Oh, Your Majesty. <laughs> Hello. <Your> cane. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you got under there? Kept your light under a bushel, didn't you, all these years? Hello. I never even suspected. They should not let you near that place. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might do, mate, and then it's too late. Then I'll be free, free. Hey, Russell, Matt and G, says Ollie Wilson from Belgium. I don't know if you know this, but Russell is in a school textbook. I saw this the other day what? in English. As a giant fan of the podcast, we don't get the radio here, just the podcast, it's the best thing I can do. Hmm. I live in Belgium and I go to an international English school. I let out a little laugh wondering what you would say. Hmm. Textbook, eh? I wonder what it's about. Probably Earth. sexual education. What, a media textbook? I don't know. Media could be about science, couldn't it, really? Look at this man. <laughs> this could happen to you. Why don't we uh, listen to James Brown? Then we'll... Uh, what have we got coming up? Have we, got, we can talk to that taxidermy woman. Nick, our producer, just strolled in and goes, I've got Kermit the Frog's wife on the phone. Like, we go, we go <gasps> what? Miss Piggy? We go, no, they were never <laughs> married. He's actual human wife. So we could talk okay, to her. Okay. Dirty business, really. We don't want to trouble her, do we? Kermit's actual human wife. Let's get a taxidermist on, because I've got some interesting questions about whether they'd do me when I go. Let's listen to James Brown. Okay. All right. The boss, James Brown, he's a bad mother. I let my kids eat what they want to eat. <laughs> when they I'm want a bad it. mother. I give them cigarettes. I'm a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> Their bedtime is decided by them themselves. I'm a bad mother. <laughs> you are a bad mother. Look James. at that. James. He don't look well. <laughs> he's, wearing, he's wearing a lingerie instead of normal pyjamas. You're a bad mother. <laughs> You are a bad mother. Right, oh, you're listening to the Russell Brand Show on Radio 2. And why wouldn't you? What else are you going to do? Look outside, out the window or something, torture an animal, don't be obscene. Thief manages to lift about 350 bras. A thief with a hankering for sexy undergarments slipped off with hundreds of bras from a Victoria's Secret store in broad daylight. 
police in Flagstaff say they've taken a close look at how the thief managed to take off with 350 bras while the store was open. The anti-theft tags hooked on the bras didn't trigger a store alarm. The theft from the store in, uh, on Sunday was not captured by surveillance cameras, police said. The suspect items may be resold. They are monitoring internet and auction sites. The bras are worth an estimated 15 grand worth of bras. I thought that was building to a bad punchline. Well, what do you think? Something what? like, you know... I don't know, that, um... Made a massive boob. <laughs> right, but yeah, because he's left his fingerprints all over. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, why would you need that many bras? It's probably not motivated by sexual. I think because they're probably quite expensive items. They're mm. very lightweight. You can get loads out. Yeah, and you can sell them in pubs. You know, would you buy a bra in a pub? That's why I get all my. <laughs> <laughs> I won't buy a bra outside of a pub. To tell you the truth, not anymore. I don't know why people buy meat out of a pub. Because why would you want some meat that someone's just carrying around in a sports bag? I wouldn't trust it. Because it's um, it's just off the back of a lorry, isn't it? But yeah, can, but it's meat. You can I see that it's not. You can smell it and stuff. I just wouldn't buy. I mean, I'm meat, a vegetarian. DVDs, anyway. Yeah, DVD. Fair enough. That's not going to kill you. If here's a good thing to do. If say you know someone's got a nice, big, lovely bum and big boobs, put a DVD sort of in their bum like it's a credit card. Just leave it there. You know. Are they dead? Yeah. <laughs> they are now, Who mate. Who's this person? <laughs> Just anyone. Try if anyone with a big enough bum. Lovely big bum. Pop that DVD in there. It'll stay there. Or under the boob. To find how many places you can get a DVD on a person's body. You're the sort of man who would have sex with a rhino. <laughs> Sometimes I go to that safari park just on a bicycle <laughs> with a lovely little DVDs. hair. DVDs! <laughs> DVD! Want some meat? Socrates! Socrates! Uh, yeah, so, uh, what are we on about, mate? Because I, I feel disoriented suddenly. Well, I think you started talking about putting DVDs in bump, people's bum cracks. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was ground... Have ground that? Yes, I have. Not right into any you orifice. You do some funny sex things, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> what else? Would that even occur to you? Because <laughs> I just... Well, that's well, not a... enjoyable for anyone involved. It wasn't actually sexual. Perhaps the audience that probably had to watch it, because <laughs> it was part of your act. <laughs> it wasn't sexual, mate. I just was looking at the DVD, and I was looking at a bottom, and I thought, that... Bottom could store that DVD, and I'd, I'd, what about the person's feelings? I was trying not to think about that because otherwise, how could I focus on the DVD, which was the real matter at hand? Did it take it? It did. It just you could it's leave in the it. The wrong there. region. <laughs> 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 I think it may have been the wrong region. Yeah, it's, it don't work no more that DVD. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm sure didn't we have something important to do? Haven't we got to yes. Dermis Cola. Right, listen, we need to know about taxidermy, don't we? Do we? Course we bloody well do. We've got on this telephone now one of the finest damn taxidermists ever. She's called Polly Morgan. Now, there's a surname Good for name. a human being. Polly, are you there, my dear? Yes, I am. Uh, Polly, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Sorry for are keeping you? you waiting there. Yeah, I'm not bad. You know, I, mean, I just got a bit distracted by thinking about where you could keep a DVD on a person's body. Once yeah, you start, I know, I've been listening. <laughs> Polly, you don't <laughs> like seem... I've been eavesdropping in on your conversation. You dirty little eavesdropper. When you're not stuffing an animal, you're eavesdropping. You're a peculiar character. We spoke to Courtney Love last week. She spoke of you in the most glowing terms. I know, I heard her. Did you? She said, I put, she said I put chicks in skirts. Do you? Is, no. <laughs> you don't put chicks in skirts. The funny thing was, I gave her, she's got a picture of the piece that she's talking about, and it quite clearly doesn't have a skirt on. Yeah, well... But I think <clears> she sees what she wants to see. That's part of Courtney's charm. She I will know. put a skirt on an object <laughs> without a moment's notice. What do you do, then? Well, I just, I taxidermy the animals normally, and I, I don't dress them up or anything. <laughs> That's for sure. Really? 
You just you yeah. don't dress them up. No. Not even earrings. I'm, or something. I'm not really a taxidermist. I'm an artist. I use taxidermy in the work. Right. I do it myself. Hmm. I, w- I don't do people's pets or anything like that. Right, you don't do anything that, yeah. I don't do, I don't do, you know, um, hunting trophies or anything like that. You, would you do a person? I always get asked that question. Would you do me? No. Oh. But uh, not back to the no, taxidermy. You, ca- you can get a licence to do a person, I believe. The guy <laughs> who taught me was asked to do a Hells Angels back because it had a massive tattoo across it and his family wanted it stretched on a canvas. Wow. Wow. But I don't think he, he didn't really like the idea. I don't think people, I don't think we really want to identify with the subjects too much. What, of death? Hmm? What, are you drinking gin and tonic, Polly? <laughs> I'm drinking vodka. Polly! <laughs> you're just there drinking vodka! It's stuffing an animal! What's up, love? What's going on? Are you a bit... I'm a bit hungover. You're tortured. We're tortured, Polly! <laughs> Polly! Yes? Are you stuffing something now? Uh, no, I've just, I'm having a break for about an hour so I can eat and then talk to you and then I'm going to go back to it. Polly, are you on the edge? You've, the edge of what? Well, just something, something peculiar. Because what it sounds like, Polly, is that you've got all ginned up, stuffed a cockatiel, and then got on the phone with a jangling glass of ice. <laughs> I'm just worried. <laughs> Where are, what are you? you? Worried about? I'm at home, I'm in the studio. Well, hold on, I've got some facts here about you. Polly is a professional artist. She uses dead animals that have been donated by their owners or they've been killed in road accidents. <laughs> road accidents. <laughs> it sounds like the dog was driving. Oh, I feel sorry for it now. Road kill. Yeah, really? What have you, yeah. Are there, a bit, are there visible well, wounds or do you have to have a perfect animal to do? No, you can use a completely squashed one. Can you? And then just stuff it all up? Yeah. You, mm. take it, you take everything out, you only use the skin in the fur, so it doesn't really matter what condition it's in. You can sew up and if it's got a big wound in it, you can just sew the skin up. You're not... cleaned it up. It's amazing what you can do. You're not a squeamish woman, then? No. Do you drink vodka when you're doing these animals? Well, occasionally. I'm a little bit hungover this evening. And I Why are you so help. hungover? What's been going on? I went to a party last night. Would you... Do you think that... How many places on, a body, on your body do you think you could put a DVD and it independently stay there? Like, because it's one of my experiments. Like, one. One. Ju- what, where? On my head. Just on your head? Not under yeah, a boob? on my head. Mouth, I suppose you could do? No, I can do... Well, the corner of it I might put in the mouth, but I can... I, my mouth's not that wide. Armpit? You could get uh, it... Independently in. stay there. Does that mean I'm, am I moving around or am I standing? Still? You're laying on your side on my bed. And then, like, <laughs> and I'm putting the DVD different places, like, as if you're a credit card machine. Just, like, I don't do it in a disrespectful way. Well, like, I don't know. The possibilities are endless. Maybe, maybe ten or so. I, I wouldn't, I don't know. Hello. I don't want to think about that. You're a DVD library. You are, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of opportunities. Polly lives and works in an old whorehouse in London. Polly, why do you work in an old whorehouse? I think your producer can't spell. What? How do you? Where do you work then? Huh? In a where? In an old warehouse. Uh. Ah, easy uh. mistake to make her. She likes to show all animals as things of beauty. Do you? This is what an odd list of facts. Who wrote that down? Our producer Nick. He's an insomniac. <laughs> <laughs> he probably just was about four o'clock in the morning. He just had a rack of DVDs <laughs> up his body and just writing out sort of facts, it seems. She's working towards her first solo show in London. Where's it going to be, Polly? Uh, one Marylebone Road in the old Holy Trinity Church opposite Great Portland Street. When's it on? Uh, uh, when is Polly, it? you're four, drunk! Publicise your show, you've come on here. <laughs> 
From the 4th to the 19th of October. It's open every day. Just see you wandering round with a bottle of Smirnov and a dead ferret under your arm. Out <laughs> <laughs> of your mind. Crikey. She's been, selling, <laughs> she's been selling art since 2005. What was the first bit of art you sold, Polly? Um, it was a rat curled up in a champagne glass. Hmm. Uh, like a champagne bowl glass, the shallow what, ones. What is it? What is it, you know, I know, like, as a visual artist, you won't probably want to put your art into words, but you must no. now. Come on, no, what's it about? Beauty, death, no. come on, perfection, finality? Death, death will do. Death? Oh, no. Yeah, it's not about sex. Why not? Listen. It's sex or death in art, isn't it? So I think it's death. Everything's got to be sex or death. There's no point leaving the house. And then the final ridiculous fact about you. This is this, this one. Ridiculous. I, it just makes me wonder why Nick, our insomniac <laughs> producer... I you couldn't get much out of me this afternoon, I don't think. You're probably blind drunk, were you? <laughs> cool, no, dear. I was just really tired. You're tired, yeah. Tired as a newt. Polly loves eating out. That's the final <laughs> fact. <laughs> Polly loves. Oh, Polly, really? What is it about he was, he was eating out? Get, he was trying to get a hobby out of me, and I don't really have many, so I think, I think that was the only thing I could think of. Yeah, but so perhaps, I, don't, I don't go to the theatre, I don't like shopping, I don't go to what, art galleries. I think very so much Polly Morgan as an artist was defined by her love of eating out. Oh, you name it, wimpy, she liked it there. Pizza Express, she was. Well, well, he's, well he's, no, he's quite right. I don't mind that. I do like eating out. Just anyway. Yeah, as much as I can. Go I on. I'd eat out if there was animal guts everywhere at home. Yeah, because huh? you put Matt Morgan saying, he's my mate, he goes, uh, walks out again, Matt. Go on, have the courage of convictions. Well, Polly, I was just saying that <laughs> if I pulled the guts out of animals and it was all strewn around my house, I'd like eating out too. Strange that it's yeah, yeah, like... She works in a whorehouse, there's guts all over the floor, it must be like Jack the Ripper times around your great. gaff. Oh, I keep it very clean and tidy, thank you. Of course you do, you lovely girl, <laughs> salty little devil. I've been out at the end of the day. <laughs> Don't we all, dear? Matt Morgan just snapped a plastic fork <laughs> <laughs> like a repressed homosexual then. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just was sat repressed homosexuality. <laughs> it just all came bursting out in a little bit of forky forky. Oh, Polly, you sound to me like an interesting woman. Uh, we're Hi. very much like Matt Morgan here. Do you, mm. You've probably heard of his cultural review. Some say it's as significant as the late <laughs> review what? on BBC Two. So um, perhaps... No, I haven't. No, it's very important. He's one of the great cultural critics of our time, very okay. much. Yeah, so we're going to bring him, we'll bring him to your art show. When's it on? Uh, well, the opening's next Wednesday. Right, Matt will be there. But I, I shouldn't be broadcasting that on the radio. Everyone will turn up. No, they won't, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Not to have a look at someone's dead cat all curled up in a vase. They'll, they'll stay at home. Of course they will. No, I'm going to be there, and so will cultural reviewer Matt Morgan. You will know him. He'll have probably no trousers and pants on and a bowler hat. He'll look like a Magritte painting. Not a bowler hat. And he's not wearing the bowler hat. OK, Polly, thanks for coming on, love. You're welcome. Watch with the booze in. Watch out. I explained, I explained. Yeah, you said there's a cure it's for a hangover. Night, yeah, it is a cure for the hangover. It's rolling alcoholism, is what that is. Now, I've look only had one glass. Yeah, well, it sounds like... I'm about to eat. She's I an artist, okay. do it. Denial! Right, OK, Polly, <laughs> we'll speak to you a little bit later. Take All care, right, dear. Then. Thank and you. Bye. bye, bye. There she goes, old Polly. Best damn artist we've ever had on this show, and you spoiled it for me. What did you ask? Oh, I you didn't... asked her about DVDs <laughs> and where you'd put them in your body. <laughs> it's a perfect question to ask. Now, Mr G will summarise this pre-recorded podcast show, Radio Show I Mean, by doing what I can only describe as an effing poem. Here he is, Mr G! Woo! Yeah, me and Matt are welcoming you! <laughs> Thanks for the welcome. Not at all. This poem is called Blame It On The Boots. 
Could we soon see a mutiny over the little booties as fingers point accusingly, a mama McKenna text accusingly? Confusingly, gay penguins apparently don't know what to do, you see, and pornographic loyalty just ain't what it used to be. Where's that DVD? Amusingly, Russ and Big Bird shared a murmur and beautifully might create a little brood of ratsuit Oscars delivered dutifully. As Noel offers parental advice, another item exclusively is the explanation of Renault Rhino relations. Is it love? Indisputably. In the cultural review, we see Matt coughing and wheezing untruthfully after pushing Russell in a wheelchair, claiming comedic immunity. Who could believe a Royal Variety performance being stormed by the Big Boots and see a man named Brand called to court for some water sport tomfoolery? incredible gift thank you for sharing it with the world you beautiful brute right okay i'd like to thank everyone who contributed to the show noel gallagher jason donovan he's lad sarah mcdonald <laughs> she must have helped matt morgan's been fantastic as always polly morgan great big artist bird. big bird came on didn't he oscar. oscar the grouch yeah all of you i thank you from the bottom of my heart now to end the show with what can only be described as a complicated and arrhythmical sentence this is bbc radio 2 online on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. Woo!